This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, welcome once more to those of you who are in the house here and joining us online. And we welcome now those of you who are joining us from Stevens Point as well. Would you all stand with me, please, as we recite the Apostles' Creed? This is our statement of faith, what we believe as a church here at Celebration. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, I love somebody wanted to applaud that. Those are the things we believe. We should be excited about them. That's great. We're going to take an opportunity now to receive this morning's offering. As you saw in the news, this is Mission Sunday. Um, the second Sunday of each month, we try to take just a little bit of time to focus on our missions and encourage those of you who give regularly, regularly to Celebration Church to consider giving a little extra something for the sake of missions. Now, missions are any of those ministries that we do that really do fall outside of the walls of our church. They're those things that we do to make sure that the good news is being heard at the greater level in our communities, in our country, and across the world. So we would just ask you this morning as you're preparing to give, if you wouldn't consider giving just a little extra to missions this particular Sunday. There are a number of ways that you can give here at the church. If you are in person at one of our locations, in your seat backs, there are some envelopes. If you prefer to give by cash or check, you can fill out one of those envelopes. And as you leave today, you'll notice buckets on your way out where you can drop those. We're choosing not to pass buckets at this time just to keep do our best to keep things as few contact points as possible. But you can also give digitally, and we've been encouraging people to do that for actually probably the past year now. So you can, if you're on our app, you can just click on the give button. If you're joining us online, there's just a give button. If you're joining us through the church website, if you're on Facebook, you'll have to go find our church um, website. But the other thing you can do is text your gift to 77977. We would ask that you put CCWI and a dollar amount there. If you are giving a little extra something this month for missions, which of course we would love for you to do, we just ask that you also put the word missions um, in that text message as well. So let's pray today over our offering. Father God, I thank you for these great people who give to your work through Celebration Church. I thank you, Lord, that they see it as an act of their faith 
And I pray that you would meet them where they give in faith, Lord, meet them in really incredible ways. Bless not only the gifts that they bring, use them to further your kingdom in ways that we cannot possibly do on our own. But Lord, may they also see, um, may they also see your faithfulness demonstrated back to them. We love you and we praise you and we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Pastor Mark, if you haven't noticed, is not in the house this morning. He and Deanna are in um, sweltering Arizona, if you can believe it. Deanna's daughter um, had her wedding this weekend, so they're still down there. So we have a very, very special guest with us this morning. Pastor Arnie Jacobson is here for those. Yeah, woo, you can, I don't even have to introduce him. He's going to get a woo. For those of you who don't know, Pastor Arnie was the founding pastor of what is now Celebration Church. So we just, none of us would be here if it were not for Pastor Arnie and his heart for the Lord and his heart for Green Bay. Um, He joked with me this morning about making sure that I told you all that he's the one who hired my husband and I as well. I thought that we should get that out there. (laughs) But the thing that I do want you to know is even, and we think that's pretty great, we're thankful. But more than even that, it is really Pastor Arnie who is the one that really helped Pastor Mark launch into public ministry. Many of you in the room probably can't even imagine that there was a time that he didn't take the microphone, but there was a time he didn't take the microphone. And Pastor Arnie was just really the key person in his life who helped launch him into some public ministry. So we're so grateful to him for that as well. But I'm gonna let you hear from him now. Please welcome Pastor Arnie Jacobson. Grace the Lord. It is great to be here today, and we've already greeted everybody in, uh, around the world, in the state, as watching. I have a good friend. He's a pilot for Southwest, and I led him to Lord in Utah years ago, and he's at his cottage somewhere in South Dakota or North Dakota watching today. So hi, Jeff. Welcome, and welcome all of you that are a part of the service today. I'm excited to be here. A couple weeks ago, I was in Dixon, Illinois. And about, a, about two or three weeks before that, God began to formulate a message in my heart relative to what's going on and where we should stand. And, uh, you know, I, I just really feel like God has put a, a special touch on what I want to share with you today. Uh, I probably will operate in my gift of irritation. I might irritate some of you. But, you know, you don't get a, a, a great pearl until the flesh and the clam is irritated. And I think people need to understand that we are in a battle. We're in a battle for our country. We're in a battle for this church and the liberties. Uh, The group that I'm with in Houston, we have churches, especially on the West Coast. And I was talking to a couple of pastors out there. You know, the governor of California said, you can't sing in church. You can't um, uh, have more than 100 people come. You know, there's a, not only, I don't understand it, it's ridiculous, and I won't get into any party affiliations, but if you can think, you'll probably figure it out. But I I want you to know today that uh, we need a group of people to stand out. And the message that I formulated, and I actually shared it, I actually shared it in, uh, in Dixon, Illinois. Jan and I went over there. She would be here today, but my son's preaching at another church on the west side, and guess what? She threw me over the side to hear my kids speak. I mean, it's enough to make an old man cry. But Chad's very gifted, and I'm sure she will enjoy herself listening to the boy that she raised, who was at one time a part of our staff here. And uh, I'm just thrilled. I've I've entitled the message, What's Wrong with the New Normal? What's wrong with the new normal? You know, unprecedented times, crazy times. You know, words that make me a little bit 
cringe and sick are. Now, not that the pandemic isn't real, but if I hear any more about pandemic, it makes my stomach want to just regurgitate. Uh, words I'm tired of, like mask, curve, housebound, spike. You can't turn on the news, literally, without hearing, I mean, you couldn't even possibly count the times that they mention pandemic. Now, I'm not the smartest guy that ever walked, but after you hear it about 10 times, you realize it's going on, right? I think we should formulate a good news channel, don't you? Hallelujah. We can give them the statistics, but we'll talk about good things. You know, I went to the dictionary to define the word normal. Normal as an adjective means conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. The noun for normal is the usual, typical state of condition. I want to tell you today, Christians were never meant to be normal. Are you with me? We should stand out. We should be flowing and full of the Holy Spirit, being blessed by his power and people wanting to know about us. What's different about you? The first time I met a legitimate born-again Christian was my sister's pastor. And he was a good-looking guy. His name was John Wilkerson. And when my sister was in the hospital dying of Hodgkin's disease, and we'd go visit, when John would come down the hall, it wasn't that he was dressed impeccably. It wasn't that he had everything perfect. But there was something about him something different. He wasn't normal. And I want to tell you today, if you're a born-again believer in this room, or if you've tuned in and watching online, or however, if it comes through delayed, or you're standing in Stevens Point, or in South Dakota, North Dakota, or in Africa, we were called to be a chosen people, a different people. Yeah, thank you for that. Amen. You know, we talking about how crazy the world is. Last Sunday afternoon, I uh, was in Walmart. My wife sent me on a little honey-do list. And you know when honey sends you on a honey-do list, if you want to keep the honey flowing, do the list. <laughs> so I got the few items that I was supposed to pick up, went back to my car, uh, set it down, looked at my phone for a second, and then pulled out. And I was at Walmart East. How many have ever been there? Uh, unpaid commercial for Walmart East. So anyhow, I pull out, and I go down the lane in the, where the people park, and there was a stop sign, so I stopped. And maybe I hesitated a little too long, but the individuals behind me, I come to find out they were individuals, laid on the horn. Now, I didn't turn around and flash them any ungodly signs. I'm a minister of the gospel, you know. And I just pulled out, made the corner to head over to Main Street, and they came beside me, just roared beside me. And there were two black men in the car, one of them hanging out the window, pointing a gun at me. This is Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, sometimes you can live in a cocoon and realize that this world is not the same. Jan's always wanted to get a gun. I've never let her do it because I'm afraid I'll come back from the bathroom some night and she'll think I'm an intruder and boom! <laughs> But I'm seriously thinking about it. I was telling one of your security guys today about the situation just before church was starting. And, you know, it's just crazy what's going on. It's unprecedented what's going on. I want you to look at a scripture with me to really zone in on it. It's in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, the 13th chapter, excuse me. I'll put it up. 
You got it there? And it just simply says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, most of us are ordinary, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Think about that a minute. Ask yourself the question, are people saying about you, what's, what's not ordinary? Maybe you're just an ordinary guy. Maybe you've never had your name anywhere. Maybe no one would really know it except your family and maybe at your workplace. But you should come across as extraordinary. You should have a great attitude. You know there's a scripture that says, and going back to these words and the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, Amen. but of power and of love and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Now, it isn't that I'm trying not to be careful, but you know what? I'm God's child. I don't want to die of this stuff. I always say it all the time. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? But you know what? I'm going to do my life. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to live out what I believe in my neighborhood, in the workplace. And as I travel and speak, across America. Jan stood, I took a picture of her standing in front of Ronald Reagan's house in Dixon, Illinois, it's his hometown. And, and I just thought to myself, God, we need men that will stand up. And, and you know, just, I remember hearing Ronald Reagan say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear that wall down. We need patriots today, right? I'm gonna show you, and actually it's not often that I get a three-point sermon from a very famous movie, The Patriot. How many saw it? I'm going to show you a little clip. I'm going to stop it before he and the boys went out and took care of a, quite of a regiment there. That might be, would have been a little bit rated R. The Patriot. And I think God's looking for patriots, right? And I'm going to quickly share when we're going to watch the clip, and then I'm going to share three points that God showed me from that movie. Just as a sidelight, I was flying, flying to Miami about four years ago to speak. Actually, I was flying to speak where, uh, uh, oh boy, I'm having a senior moment here. <laughs> where our former minister of music, Pastor Matt Perkins, I was flying to speak at his church. I'd have been invited there and, sit, and I got upgraded to first class. Now, let me tell you, it's nicer up there. <laughs> Pastor Mark will tell you that. He flies so much, he's always up there. But anyhow, uh, sitting next to me, I picked up a conversation with a man in about his mid-30s. Come to find out he was a stuntman. Come to find out he had been a stuntman and was on scene or on site at the Patriot movie. For, he said they were there for months. And by the way, I led him to Christ on the plane. We've become good friends. We only have one disagreement point. He's an Oakland Raider fan. I, I, you know, so every time I wouldn't watch the movie again because he broke his arm making a horse fall over. He said they pay you extra for that. I think they should. <laughs> but let's watch this clip and then I'll give you these three succinct, riveting points that will never leave you. Let's watch it. We are citizens of an American nation and our rights are being threatened by a tyrant 3,000 miles away. Would you tell me, please, Mr. Howard, why? Should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? <laughs> An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. Captain Martin, I understood you to be a patriot. 
If you mean by patriot, am I angry about taxation without representation? Well, yes, I am. Should the American colonies govern themselves independently? I believe they can, and they should. But if you're asking me, am I willing to go to war with England? Well, then the answer is most definitely no. Catherine, take our wounded to our surgeons of Winsborough. Yes, sir. Fire the house and barns. Let it be known if you harbor the enemy, you will lose your health. Rebel dispatches, sir. Who carried this? I did, sir. I was wounded. These people gave me care. They have nothing to do with the dispatches. Take this one to Camden. Here's a spy. Hang him, put his body on display. He's a dispatch rider, and that's a marked case. Destroy the livestock. Save the horses for the dragoons. Colonel, this is a uniformed dispatch rider carrying a marked case. He cannot be held as a spy. Well, we're not going to hold him. We're going to hang him. Colonel. Father. Oh, I see. He's your son. Well, perhaps you should have taught him something of loyalty. Colonel, I beg you, please, reconsider. By the rules of war... The rules of war. Would you like a lesson, sir, in the rules of war? Or perhaps your children will. No lesson is necessary. Father, do something. Be quiet.
Rather interesting, isn't it? Let me, let me just share quickly the three things I gleaned from that. Number one, when he was speaking to the assembly, did you get that? Now, this was a former patriot. He believed that these things should be taken care of. But for some reason, and maybe he was tired from all of it in the past, but I'm not going to be involved. And I want to tell you today, there are people who at one time were great Christian patriots. They feel like it's time for them to retire, sit back, enjoy their retirement or whatever they're doing. I know pastors. I'm 74 years old. I'm not going to quit doing this. Are you with me? I'm going to be like the old Methodist deal. The old Methodist said, I'm going to fight for Jesus until my last breath. And if I have no teeth, I'll gum them to death. You know, patriots need to stay patriots. We need to raise up young men and women who are patriots. We need those of us who are older that have been around the block to stand up. Isn't that right? Think about it a minute. And if you're not a patriot, become one. And it was also interesting. You know that America really was a church relocation project. How many knew that? They were being persecuted in Europe. The church was coming under fire. It was, it was in bad shape. So a bunch of people said, we're getting out of Dodge. And eventually they made their way here. That's why when you look at our Constitution and when you visit Washington, you'll see scripture verses. You'll see quotes from godly men and women. And what's happening today? I don't have to tell you. They're trying to even eradicate many of the scripture verses. You walk into the Supreme Court and right there is staring in the face the Ten Commandments. We need patriots today. And then also, I picked up something else. He said, 300 legislatures or something like that can give you as much trouble as the king of England was giving them. And I want to tell you what, we're seeing it today. We're seeing legislative bodies that are against the church. They're participating in the Holocaust called the abortion. Are you with me? They're, they're gung-ho on it. And it's time that something happens. Would you agree? The second thing I gleaned from that, amen. You saw the young man. Here he's standing with his kids. The enemy is coming out of the cornfields. I want to tell you what, the enemy is coming at us from every edge. A simple guy like me pulling out of Walmart has a gun flashed at him. I don't know if someone put a hit out on me or what, but anyhow, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. But the kid looked at his dad. You saw him on the porch. And he looked at his dad and said, Father, do something. I want to tell you, dads, granddads, future fathers, it is time. If you want your children to enjoy America as we've enjoyed it, the land of the free, the home of the brave, if you want that ripped away from your kids and your grandson, I've got six grandkids. They're just little kids. The oldest is 18. And I'm thinking, what are they going to face if we don't do something? Amen. If the fathers in America don't stand up and do something. Right? You see, so many people, I had somebody tell me the other day, he said, you know, uh, Pastor Arnie, I, I, I want to get involved, but my wife says I should be careful. You know what? Careful didn't build America. It took risk. It took sacrifice. It took great patriots. 
And now we are on the brink of seeing that destroyed. It should scare the living bejeebies out of you. I could use another word, but they'd have to bleep it. Some of you are filling in the blanks, aren't you? Father, do something. Do something to help us. The third thing that we saw is here's this patriot. What did it take to get him to move from I'm not doing anything aisle to I'm doing something aisle? It took his kid getting shot. It took them grabbing his other son to take and hang him. And he runs toward his brother, tries to loose him. And the general shot him and says, stupid boy. You see, when we get involved, and I hope you don't get shot, I'm glad that I made it here today and they didn't plug me in the Walmart parking lot. But you know what? To take a stand is not stupid. To express who and what you are to your neighbors, to your friends, and to your community. Yesterday morning, I opened in prayer the Republican convention. But prior to that, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, I guess I do, but it's up to you. But for an hour before, at 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock, they had a church service. And I'm telling you, it was a real church service. There was prayer there. There were people talking about being born again. Rebecca Clayfish spoke for about 20 minutes. Man, the woman could be a preacher. She's talking about born again, praying for your neighbors, standing up for America and our values. You know, there's going to come a day if we don't do something where that will be illegal. There'll be a days when they'll close churches like this. They'll try to tell us, no, they do not like us because of our moral stand. They hate us. Whoa. When uh, the Supreme Court made what I feel is an awful judgment on the marriage issue, I was preaching in Salt Lake City, Utah, not in a Mormon ward either, just to let you know. But I had the secretary print off the Supreme Court decision which really tried to eradicate the biblical sense of marriage. Can I get an amen out in Arizona from Mark and all of you that believe that was a terrible thing? What I did then is I held up my Bible and I held up that stack of papers which had that long thing from the Supreme Court. And I threw that up in the air and said, this is what I'm standing on. And I held my Bible up in the air. That's what we need to stand on, folks. Amen. Amen. I, I really don't have time to, to read you about David's mighty men of valor. I would encourage you to go to, and I, we don't even need to turn there. We don't need to show it. But David had some mighty men of valor. Some of the uh, scriptural interpretations call them mighty patriots of valor. Patriots. One guy killed 800 people with his sword. Another guy, he fought so long that his hand, the Bible says, stuck or cleaved to the sword. And you know what? You can't leave this book, lay around and get dusty. You have to get involved. You have to read it. And you know what? I'm not promising you a bed of roses. When you take these kind of stands, things happen. Back in 1998, they named 10 churches in America that they wanted to get their tax-exempt status taken from. We were one of them. Was I nervous? No. I said, if they take our tax exempt status, we'll pay property taxes and we'll keep preaching the word of God. 
But a godly man named Jay Sekulow called our office and said, Arnie, there will be 200 of the finest lawyers in America standing behind you, and it will not cost a dime. So now we see the patriot running into the burning house, opening up an old trunk and pulling out the weapons and running out of the burning house. And then you see it play out. Now, it was a movie. It was scripted. But I want to tell you they caught something that's true. Ladies and gentlemen, the house is on fire today. The smoke is coming out the windows. And if we don't run out and get involved and get active, we'll see this great country of ours become something that was never imagined by the founding fathers, never imagined by me. Too many institutions are bowing at the shrine of all of these things you hear on the news. And it's all negative by and large. They scare you with the pandemic stuff. Then they come at you with all kinds of other things. But you know what, friends? Let's stand for loyalty. Let's stand for our country. Amen. <laughs> a dead son, a burning house, a patriot reignited. If I had one task today for Celebration Church and everybody watching online would light something in you that will not go out no matter what. My good friend John Mako is here. He serves in the state legislature. And I, was, I talked to him yesterday for a little while. And, you know, he was just, he said, Arnie, I'm glad you called, man. I'm just, I'm tired of be, all of the stuff being thrown at us. And I was able to say, you know, John, I hope I can encourage you. But, you know, when that stuff, if that kind of stuff isn't happening to you, you're probably not doing much for the kingdom. Not only as a legislator, but you should be known in your neighborhood. You should be known in your workplace. You should be known no matter where you are. And if you're watching this outside of America, you should be praying for America because we are a tremendous force for all the things that are right across this world of ours. I, cl I close with this. My good friend Dan Johnson, who he's a real word craftsman. And he's a friend on Facebook. And the other day I, I saw this and he wrote it and I'm going to read it to you. A little girl and her father were visiting the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem with her and her father viewing pictures for which there were no words. Upon leaving, the guests were asked to sign the register. As the little girl printed her name, her father looked over her shoulder, and she added something else after her name. Why didn't somebody do something? I want to challenge you today to do something. The number one thing to do, if you're going to do something on God's side, is give your life to Jesus Christ. Becky will explain all of that in a minute. At one time, I prayed a simple prayer, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I did a radical 180, January 3rd, 1967, and I've never been the same since. That's number one. Number two, become a patriot. Don't have your 40-year-old son and you're laying on your deathbed in a country that none of us could recognize say to you, Dad, why didn't you do something? Dad, why didn't you do something? 
it's not going to happen to me because I'm going to do everything I can in my power. Whatever influence I might have to do something for the kingdom of God. To stand up for this mighty weapon. Now Mel Gibson, portraying the patriot, pulled his old weapons out. But we got a weapon much better than those. And this weapon is not carnal, but is spiritual to tearing down strongholders. Whatever church you attend, talk to your pastor. Tell him to get, a, get, a, get involved. Don't be a coward. Stand up. Well, I'm done. <laughs> and Pastor Mark, if you're watching, there were still two minutes to go. I got a text from him this morning. It said, 30 minutes, Arnie. I said, okay, I did it. I hope you enjoyed coming to church today. I hope you're inspired. I hope that you leave this place with a new spark, a new touch in your walk saying, I am somebody. I am somebody. And I can accomplish something. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to lay down all the other issues. And I'm going to stand up for the word of God and the morality which it stands for. God bless you. Yeah.